Welcome everybody out to episode 109 of Utah in the Weeds. My name is Tim Pickett and I am the host. This episode is an episode uh, discussion with Jacob Johnson. Jacob Johnson is the chair of the Libertarian Party in Weber County and running for office up there from the Libertarian Party. So for those of you who don't know a lot about the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian point of view, hey, listen to this podcast. We talk all about it. We talk about what they're all for. And somebody who's involved in politics like Jacob, you'd think, oh, it's going to be a real opinionated person. But to be honest, he is somebody who listens. He listens to people. And he's got some pretty interesting point of view, uh, some, some things that we should consider. And as cannabis advocates here in Utah and anywhere across the nation, as we all know, I feel like, you know, you can complain and complain and complain all you want, but the only way things get done in this country and locally is becoming active in your own politics, in the politics of your community. That's how Proposition 2 was passed. Here is advocacy and action, not necessarily in complaining, right? I'm talking to you. So... Jacob Johnson, great interview. From a housekeeping perspective, we are we are collecting donations. We've got a lot happening with Uplift. We are seeing a ton of patients right now. We're going to expand the program. We're going to see more patients in September than we've ever seen before. We're going to uh, catch up on that backlog. If you want to donate to medical cannabis patients here in Utah, and let me tell you, all of the money, plus some, let's be honest, because it costs money to run the program, utahmarijuana.org slash uplift is a place you can donate and all of that money literally all of that money goes to evaluations for medical cannabis patients right here in utah and members of that program who are on medicaid or terminally ill who are lower income here in utah they get access to discounted product here in utah it's a really great program uplift again utahmarijuana.org slash uplift shout out to uh our our new uh, partners in Cedar City, Natural Medicine Clinic of Utah, down there in Cedar City. Last weekend, we did a combo clinic down there. Really cool. Uh, we, we just need to help people in these areas that it's hard to get to. And you know what, Cedar City, you, you may think, oh, it's, it's a plenty big place, but hard to get access down there to medical cannabis. Right there in the same building as Zion Medicinal. Uh, next available uh, days in there are the 26th and 27th of this month. And give us a shout out at 801-851-5554 if you need an appointment or know somebody who needs an appointment. Next, Friday, Wholesome's two-year anniversary here in Bountiful, the 12th. We have a clinic right there in that same building, Utah Marijuana and Utah Therapeutic. We have a QMP on site all day. We're leaving the schedule open with a special discount to help celebrate that with Wholesome uh, for patients who need evaluation and management and access to medical cannabis. Now, I know that Wholesome is going to be giving away, uh, or I'm sorry, offering a lot of discounts to their patients as appreciation and letting you know the upgrade in the system. Patients can get their uh, medical card the same day they get their evaluation. So not a bad time to stop on down to Utah Therapeutic in Bountiful 
there right by the Costco, right across the parking lot. Yes, right in broad daylight. There's a medical cannabis pharmacy right there in Bountiful. Um, and excited to share and, and celebrate that event. Those are There are great people there and they do a good job with the patients. So lots happening. Uh, enjoy this episode with Jacob Johnson and the discussion about the Libertarian Party, medical cannabis, and all all the great things. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? It's a Pretty pleasure good. to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. How'd you how'd you hear about us? How'd you get on this show? So it was kind of an interesting kind of turn of events. So I'd actually heard about the podcast through a it was like a, a local magazine. Um yeah, yeah, just yeah. dealing SBC. with Yeah. Maybe. I, I think so. And uh I, I kept a hold of it because it was a really good quality magazine and it was just mainly all local Utah marijuana stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had noticed the the podcast. And you know, fast forward to this year and um I'm involved politically um, on many different levels. And I just started looking for different people to get involved with, build coalitions with, do things like that, start trying to get our names out there. Uh, you know, I'm part of the Utah Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually the chair of the Weber County Libertarian Party. Nice. Um, so, you know, just looking for like-minded people, looking for people that, uh, you know, fit our profile and we fit theirs and everything. And I'd remembered that uh, about the podcast. And I was like, oh, this is great. Looked you guys up. You guys were still going. Yeah. And then... Surprise, uh, surprise, surprise for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And so um, I had actually been trying to get a hold of you guys for quite a while. And then um, my vice chair actually came in to get his card updated. Oh, got it. Got the contact info. Perfect. So here I am. And that, and that's how it happens. Yep. Cool. Weber County Libertarians. Yep. What? What? Are you from Utah? Born I and sure raised? Am. Yep. Ogden, Utah. Oh, you're from Ogden though, so you don't yeah, you're already you're already way up there. You yep. didn't get your shots. You don't hold a card. <laughs> you must be redhead. You must be a step kid. Right, if you're from Ogden, and uh, uh, Ogden right. is Salt Lake's prettier older sister. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So, how did you get into libertarianism? Uh, the short answer is Ron Paul. Yeah, plain and simple. Um, the the longer answer is is I I actually found him while I was in high school. Um, I found him in a High Times magazine. Uh, advertisement for his campaign, his 2008 campaign. And um, I wasn't old enough to vote then. But at the time, I did, I thought it was just political suicide to, you know, even advocate for legalization or decriminalization. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. Well, by the time 2012 came around, I was old enough to vote. And of course, that was the direction I went was Ron Paul guy that said, uh, basically all I want to do is leave you alone. Well, all right. You, you got right, me. Yeah. That's, that's all I need. So 
Sure. Um, and then I just started diving into the philosophy as I got older. Murray Rothbard. Um, I mean, they, they, I could pretty much name anybody, but that's that's really where it started. And then it's just uh, all uphill from there. Yeah. So for people who don't understand, and there are a lot of people who don't understand, what what's the basis of libertarianism? So, let's see. The elevator pitch for libertarianism. Let's see. That, that would be something along the lines of... So you own, you own your life, you own your body, you own your labor, you own the product of your labor, which is your property, your private property, and nobody can tell you what to do with those things other than you. You can loan it, you can sell it, you can borrow it, but nobody can steal it from you. And it's really based upon that. Um, it's centered around this belief of the non-aggression principle, which is you pretty much live life. You don't aggress upon other people and you don't steal people's stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, it's, it's not a, a fix everything at one time kind of a solution for everything. Mm -hmm. um, politics isn't that anyways. Uh, politics is not a, uh, a, uh, it, politics are more of a bandaid than anything. They're, they're not a solution. Yeah. I remember my bill of rights class, uh, up in, up at the university of Utah and my undergraduates in political science. And he would say like, do you know, do you believe that government should stay out of your business and, and just provide roads and military things that we obviously can't like afford ourselves? Or do you want government to do for people what you feel like they can't do for themselves on a personal level too? And, you know, that kind of being the the difference between the traditional Republican Democrat type thing. And then <clears throat> when I was growing up, I always thought the libertarians were like a little more like uh, what I was told Ben Franklin said, which was, you know, if it's if it's between two consenting adults. And it doesn't wake the horses. Go for it. You know, government shouldn't yeah. be involved. Yeah, that, um, I mean that that is pretty much it. Um, there there right? isn't much else to it other than that. Um, yeah. it, it's really just the fact that you own yourself, and nobody has a right to tell you what to do with your body, um, your your labor, the product of your labor. That's that's yours. And so anything that violates that is immoral and therefore wrong and should not happen. Uh, you also do reserve the right to uh, um, self-defense as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, aggression as reactionary, but not actionary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it does make sense. And it's a, it is a good, um, it's a nice political philosophy. It's a nice treat your neighbor with respect philosophy, you know, and it doesn't seem like Utahns would, I mean, it seems like everybody could get on board when it comes to, um, but then of course, you know, and I was looking through all your episodes of your podcast, Rise to Liberty, and 
you know, it's just fascinating that you can get into, pun intended, you know, into the weeds on abortion and on expansion in NATO and on on things that um, you would think, wow, everybody should, it, this should make sense to everybody or or not. But, you know, from an, and from a true libertarian standpoint, I think it, it does, but boy, there's really, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is humans muddy the water whenever they can. Yes. It seems like. Yes, know. most definitely. Um, I mean, th- there's not everyone wants to do good in the world. That's just a, yeah, a, a fact of life. And some people want to go to war. Um, I don't. I don't care what the cost of not going to war is. Uh, well, I mean, if once again, reactionary self-defense. So, sure. of course, you know, uh, any war in self-defense is completely justified. However, uh, intentionally invading a country uh, based upon a lie, uh, Iraq, you know, 2003, that's a, that's a joke. Yep. yep. So uh, I have no interest in repeating that, and I don't think anyone else does. Yeah. So how did you get involved in that? So what is the, what is the libertarian in Utah? Like, what's the goal for cannabis, for example? What, what are you working on? Not necessarily just cannabis, but what are you working on? Uh, what are you working on in Weber County? Honestly, like we're just getting started. Uh, there wasn't a, or there was a party for a, a little while. Right. And it, it kind of fizzled out. The energy kind of dropped off. Um, and the, the, the past like three years or so really, you know, ma- made me, uh, put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I just can't you're talking, be, you're talking COVID times. Yeah. A little bit before that, but uh-huh. it, it was mainly a lot of the, uh, the authoritarianism that just dropped down on everyone. Um, it happened so quickly, uh, up to that point, I, I was very small L and for anyone who doesn't know, you have small L and big L. That's uh, small L. People aren't involved, but they are libertarians. Uh, big L's are people that are involved in the party, attend the meetings, do those sorts of things. Um, so I was small L for a real long time. And, you know, I just once again had to put my money where my mouth was. And so I got involved. And we've been organized since November of last year. So we are coming up on a year. Um, we do, I don't know, we're, we're kind of in, in this weird mode where people show up some of the times they don't always. Um, and it's usually largely because we have nothing going on, even though we have things going on all the time. Um, but it's largely, we don't have bigger things going on because nobody's showing up. So it's like. Yeah, you're kind of you like if people showed up, we'd have bigger things to do. Yeah, I mean, right, right now we we have two candidates running, uh, myself and my vice chair. Uh, I am running for Utah State House of Representatives, and my uh, vice chair Brian Rally is running for Weber County Commissioner seat B, I think. Um, and so we've got things going on. We need volunteers and stuff. Uh, exactly what we're working on 
right now is really just the campaign and just really growing the party, letting people know that we're here, what we stand for. And um, we we do have a, a, a second annual project coming up this winter. It will be a, a clothing drive, winter clothing drive for people who are less fortunate that might not have coats, socks, hygiene products, whatever. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We uh, accept donations from everywhere and have a pickup service and all kinds of fun stuff. Is the most of your uh, is most of your activity on Facebook and social? Um, I I would say that's where some of our presence is. Uh-huh. Um, but strictly on social, no. Um, only because I consider that to be slacktivism. Um. You know, there's there's a point where you've got to meet people somewhere, and yeah. everyone is online. So of course we are online. Um, but that is not the only place that we are. We we do have physical meetups. Um, yeah. Anyone, it's open to the public. Everyone's welcome to come out and hang out, talk with us, meet with us face to face. We have great Mexican food once a month, third Thursday of every month. You know, it's great. So. Um, running the campaign that's that's been largely about half and half, about mm-hmm. half online, half in public. So I don't know. We're we're kind of stuck in the middle with both. It does seem like your you know little, little L is going to be your online, right? Big L seems like that's the people who are meeting face to face. I find that in the cannabis space too that. There's so many, it's just easy to respond to a post or make a comment. That's, that's not showing up to the meeting, you know, where there's, where there's legislators and, and people who, who vote on these bills and these changes and bringing the, you know, people in person, they, it just makes such a big difference compared to the online presence. Um, But like you say, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it really is hard to get people out in a lot of ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've I've got some ideas on how to expand that. Um, you know, I've, I've been a part of groups similar that have, you know, gotten people together to go out. You know, I hung out at uh, punk rock shows and stuff, metal shows when I was a lot younger and everything. Um, would still do that now if I didn't have, you know, a wife and all of these things. But right. Um, but I was I was able to learn a lot about gathering people together and everything. But still, uh, even now, it, it's still just really difficult to get people together. And I mean, politics are so boring in so many ways. I personally well, yeah, find them fascinating, not, <clears throat> you know. But sure, but you're not moving the needle a long way. You know, it's like the the current cannabis program now, right? There's these patient caps. There's high cost. Yeah. There's things that people really want to change, and they want to change it dramatically. And I yeah. would, I mean, my guess is you're you're on this, you're on the um, look. Why why is it even illegal? Yeah, right. Oh, What's, yeah. Why what? why is it illegal? Why is the government involved at all? It should be a hundred percent free market. Um, you know, grow it, your own. Yeah, grow your own. Right. Um, as long as you're not out there uh, getting involved with the cartel, then. Offering it to children, I I don't see what the issue is with any of it. <laughs> you know, it it just it's a restriction, and it's uh, preventing people from 
gaining access to very helpful medicine. Um, and even people that don't use it for medicine that just want to use it for fun. Uh, I don't see the issue, you know, with that either, as long as they use it responsibly. So how does, uh, so you get into these, um, yeah, we can go on and on about that. Right. Because, oh yeah, it's there, there are so many things like this, even alcohol to a certain extent, but you have, and you have safeguards. So I'm, I'm from the medical side, right? The when you say, yeah, everybody, if you grow it, whatever, but then you, then you also qualify that with, yeah, you you shouldn't be giving it to the kids. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Kids, kids are not adults. They can't consent. Right. So. Yeah, and and we have to be responsible for each other to a, to a certain extent when we're, when it comes to the children, and those who, I guess, I'm certainly I'm certain we can find a group of people that we would we would want to protect um, between the two of us. But how do you think the? Do you feel like the libertarian movement? Um, it seems a little stronger right now, in general. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, for anyone, obviously, who doesn't know, which is probably most everyone listening, um, the the biggest thing is about libertarians is we have been a joke for a very long time. For a very long time. The party actually just celebrated 50 years. Uh, you know, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the Republican Party or the Democrat Party that's been around 200 years, you know, mm-hmm. close to. And for the, for the longest time, we've been a joke. The biggest issue is branding, um, the people that were in charge. Um, this past May, uh, we, we actually had our uh, national convention held in Reno. And there is a faction inside the Libertarian Party, and not to go all inside baseball because it does nobody cares about it other than libertarians. But there, there's a faction called the Mises Caucus, and the Mises Caucus took over the party and gave the party back to libertarians, and that was really the whole goal of the Mises Caucus. And we have come out swinging. We are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, numbers are growing exponentially. And they keep getting quicker and quicker every month. Every time I see the reports come out, new members, donations, everything's growing. Is libertarian right, left, or center, you feel like? Or is uh, it not in, none those, of them. not in those terms? We we are definitely not within, within that boundary. Uh, there are right-leaning libertarians. There's left-leaning libertarians. Um, I would say there's very few centrists, if any, libertarians um but there's libertarians of all heights and yeah. shapes and colors and everything like we're we're not stuck into this left right paradigm um it really is that the difference of freedom and slavery to us do you feel like when what does success look like in in your kind of world is is success measured in can we get the convert you know clear on one side where you say well if we can get the conversation to turn just a little all we you know all we're hoping for is to really turn the conversation a little bit because we don't clear to the other side i guess where you're saying yeah we want to take over of government right from the libertarian side which 
to me, in in realistic terms, going to take a while. Um, potentially, what's the goal here? Like here in Utah. Um, I mean, there there's several different goals. Uh, each county is kind of just working on its own thing. Of course, mm-hmm. we work collectively, of course, and as a state party. Um, a couple of the big things is to uh, repeal the grocery tax here. Um, I I don't see any reason for the state to be pulling in uh, any sort of tax revenue from grocery purchases, uh, especially when they have a monopoly on the liquor, beer, and wine industry here in the state. Uh, no privately owned liquor, beer, or wine stores, um, unless it's below a certain percentage of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol by weight, I believe. Yep. And and so the, the the big thing is really just rolling back the state. We yeah. believe that the the that the state itself. Um, and th- this is, you can talk to libertarians in every state across the whole union, uh, federal, state, county. We believe that everyone has overstepped their bounds and they are doing too much. They are gumming up the works and preventing society from really shining and flourishing. Yeah, I, you can't really help but agree, can you? Yeah. Do you really talk to anybody who's like, yeah, I totally disagree. We should, we should just expand government for sure. I mean, I guess there's, Some, I guess there's people in certain areas. Now, sure. I mean, I love certain programs, so I want, I want those programs to flourish. But on the other hand, there's just too many. Every entity, it's like the, it's like the union. Um, people describe the unions like this: you pay union dues. The union do the people who are paid to work for the union, uh, they they want a job, so they do a good job. They expand the union, so if they're successful, the union expands. This seems like government to me. The cannabis mm-hmm. space is is exactly like this to me. The Department of Health, you know, God bless you, Rich Oborn, but the truth is, you know, you want to do a good job, you want to expand, you want to you want to deliver education now to the people. Well, what's the government's business and doing the education for the for the cannabis program like private industry can do that people can do that we mm-hmm. can just do that ourselves yep. we don't have to pay money for the state to like create all of this stuff and all of these regulations yep. and just but it is perpetual yeah exactly and when when you open up things to the free market it creates competition there there's other options so if you don't like one you can take your money and go to another that's providing a better quality service for cheaper so there's competition to always keep going better. But if you monopolize it and centralize all that power into one, you have no option. It doesn't matter. There, there's no incentive to provide an actual quality service and to deliver on what they say they're going to. And that's yeah, the, the issue. Yeah, the delivery, right. There's no incentive to deliver on what they've said they were going to. Exactly. And sometimes it happens. You know, I'm not saying that Everyone in government is bad. I just want to get that out of the way. It's this is not an individual thing. This is a mechanism. No, no, thing no. This is a macro thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 This is this is groupthink. Yeah. You know, we're it's just like capitalism in a sense, right? Where your mm-hmm. your company is successful, things are making money. So what? So what do shareholders want? They want you to grow. 
They want yeah. more profits. They want things bigger. They want it, the will to power. Nietzsche's will, will to power. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you think about you know the human experience and and we all want a little bit more, a little more, and government is just another extent extension of that. It's ex- exciting. I get all jazzed up when we talk politics because <laughs> it brings me back to my undergrad. You know, and I. I studied yeah. war and war ther- theory and why countries go to war. So this this thing in Ukraine and New- and NATO and and the UN um, is just fascinating. I'm glued to it yeah. because of that. Because of you know states, meaning countries, and the way they act. Yeah, against each other and polarized and all this sort of stuff. And even on a micro level. Even, oh, yeah. you know, like we can talk about the Department of Health and the cannabis program all day. Let's get back to that. Yeah, so for sure. What's your. Um, talk to me about cannabis specifically. Are you uh, I mean, how much do you want to talk about it? You're running for office here in Utah. Oh, I would gladly be as open as uh, an, an open book. So to get this out of the way, I am not currently a user. But that is um, not to say that I never have, because I definitely have been a user. And I will definitely be a user in the future. Um, I did not stop to run for office. That's not my biggest issue. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. (laughs) Nope. My biggest issue is that once you get a medical card, you cannot have your firearm rights. And I believe that to be a massive violation of the Constitution. Yeah, there's so much, and there really isn't any gray area there from a federal level. Yeah, right. There's there's some gray area in Utah, according to a couple of people I've talked to. You know, Utah is a constitutional carry, so from a state perspective, you probably prob- probably you can see me yeah. in the in the ether holding out my air quotes. <laughs> eh, probably okay. CDL though, if you're a, a commercial yep. driver. Bad news. If you work for the federal government, certainly bad news. Um, if you buy a firearm and you have to fill out that ATF form, uh, there is yep. a question on that ATF form that you have to either lie and say you're not using any illegal drugs, or you have to tell the truth and not buy the firearm at Cabela's. Yep. Um, right. And that's yep, really exactly that, that's what it comes down to for you. Uh, yeah. I mean. So I, I stopped using a long time ago. I just kind of got out of it um, at the time. Of course, I was I was a bit mm-hmm. younger. And th- this was actually long before any of the uh, legalization actually happened here in Utah uh, and decriminalization for, you know, the medical side of everything. And, you know, just at the time, people I was running with and stuff, it just... I just lost interest. It just wasn't what I wanted for my life at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got older, got a job. Um, and, uh, you know, I've used here and there. It's it's not something I need, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so Okay, so this is good for everybody to listen to, too, right? It's not mm-hmm. for everybody. And it's yeah. not for everybody at any given period of time. Yep. We're not trying, like, the cannabis program is not trying to get everybody to be a pothead. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really isn't for everybody. Uh, no. Not- and if you had, you know, if you got a knee replacement and you wanted to use it in conjunction with some pain medicine and and do that, maybe that's, you'd choose to use it. Yeah. And, that, and that'd be fine for that period of time. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel that people should be able to make that choice on their own with, you know, uh, advice from their doctor and uh, people that they trust, you know? Yeah. And I don't feel like the government should be able to step in and just say, nope, that can't happen. It's like, right? you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's yeah. best for me or best for you or anybody else listening. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And it's such, it seems like such a trivial thing that the government should just know better than to get yeah. involved in stuff like that. Our government really has gotten so big that it really is involved in all kinds of shit that yeah. it, it's got really no business. I mean, we, we talk about monopolies in industry and everything, which is a complete byproduct of the state anyways. But then we, we never talk about the monopoly of government at all, ever. Mm-hmm. We never yeah. even question it. And it's no. like, what, what don't they, what, what finger do they have in, or uh, what pie do they not have their finger in? You know, it's, yeah. Tell me, tell me. Tell me one aspect of your life that is not taxed. I'm thinking. Breathing? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe breathing. But that's... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people Wait 10 years and I bet they'll find a way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, well, oh, no, because you want clean air in Utah. Oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Clean Air Air Act. You get uh, yep. you get to pay, and you can be a special person, and you can have the clean air uh, if you pay the tax. We'll clean we'll yeah. clean it up for that. We'll clean it up for that group. If you just give us some money, we promise to give you clean air. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, because wait, that's, that's how things work. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So this is cool. I I like this. Uh, I like this discussion. I think it's it's good for us to remind ourselves. Um, okay, so go back to uh, this timeline. So right now it's August in 2022. And what's the schedule for the voting? Because this is a good time for us to kind of drum up the vote, yeah. you know, get people in excited. I know Ray Ward up here in Bountiful, my, my House of Representatives Republican person who will likely win, was almost primaried out from the right up yeah. here. Uh, and it was kind of an ugly for a house race. It was pretty ugly, which I was really yeah. surprised about. Yeah, is that's it, actually happening a lot over the state, actually. So people that, are tr- they're trying to primary people out from the right. And well, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen a lot of dirty, underhanded stuff um, on certain certain areas. You know. Um, People from uh, the Democratic Party saying that they're going to run as Republicans. Yeah, yep, um, yep. And of course, this isn't just here in the state of Utah. This is across the whole country. Um, and and this is kind of where the Libertarian Party comes in. We've always come in and said both parties are trash. You know, none of them sit, actually do anything that they say they're going to. Um, one side will you know, when they're in power, they're all authoritarian. And then uh, when they're not in power, they turn around and talk about how authoritarian the other one is. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's this cycle back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. It's a uh, army politics, left, right, left, right. And it's led us here. Like th- this is not a good place to be in. Um, I, I would find it very interesting and would love to talk to anyone who thinks that our country is in a better spot 
today than it was four years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We just keep on this downward trajectory and it just seems like a race to the bottom. And personally, I don't want that to happen. Um, so the election is um, November 8th here in the state of Utah. That's general election. Um, personally, we have 18 libertarians running across the state, um, several running in house positions. Um, we have two candidates running federally. Um, not to disparage anyone running on a, uh, federal, federal level, but, uh, a federal level libertarian is not going to win and, uh, it should be focused locally. Um, I, I would encourage everyone to f just focus locally anyways. It doesn't matter what party you're from. Mm -hmm. Your sheriff has way more power in the county than anyone else. And that directly affects everyone. Yeah. Uh, your, your judges, your prosecutors, these are major players in what happens in your neighborhoods. So pay way more attention to your local county and state politics than federal. Federal doesn't even matter. There's nothing you can do about it anyways. That machine mm -hmm. is a thing of its own. Yeah. Um, so right now, um, I mean, most, most Republicans already got through the primaries. Libertarians, we don't have primaries. So we get a focus on the general the whole way through. Um, what other things are you working on other than, for example, the grocery tax? School choice. You like school choice? The yep. The option to move your move your kids to public, private, home. Yes, my idea is that the money paid in taxes does not go to the schools. That is not the school's money. That money is meant to follow the child, period. It is for the education of that child. And the money should follow the child. The state should have no say in what happens with that child's money. That should be left up to the parents and or the child. So that that's really, you know, my elevator pitch for uh, school choice. Sure. Um, if you want to stay in public school, that's up to the parents. Um, open it up to the free market, though, because guess what? Not all parents want to go to public school. Some want yeah. to do private. Some even want to do uh, non-schooling. And I'm sure that there could be something figured out to do with the money that way. Some could do pod schools. Um, but, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And once again, open it up to the free market. Open up competition. And uh, I have a feeling the state doesn't want to have any competition within the schooling industry, uh, them and the teachers union, only because, uh, well, it takes away their monopoly. And then yeah, all of a sudden is, they uh, have to provide better service. This is definitely a tough one for me because so we got, I have a lot, of, like a lot of real close relatives involved in public schools. And we, we love the public school system. But to your point, it's a system with a lot of trouble. And so it's so hard to figure out what to do and how far to go one way or the other. Um, and so there's a lot of this, there is a lot of this feeling that schools should be, that the money should follow the kid. 
there should be more choice. Um, you know, you could listen to uh, you can listen to a teacher say, "Yeah, but the the parents, you know, what what do we do with the parents who take their kids out? Like, is that protecting a kid?" And then the maybe the libertarians would be like, "Well, it's the parents' choice, right? Like, this is the parents' choice. It's not the it's not the school's choice. It's not the government's choice where the kid goes. It's, it's not. the parents' choice." And unfortunately, and then, we we even have government schools, and yet harm still happens to some kids. Unfortunately, oh. A, yeah, absolutely. Um, harm, racism, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff is is happening in our schools, and right here in Utah, and, um, some pretty devastating I, I would, things. I, I would argue actually that uh, public schools are some of the most violent places for children. Period. Uh, I can look back on my public schooling, and I had a terrible time, especially in junior high. Um, it was it was just terrible. And I, they I would can never... be. They definitely can be violent places. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look at, look around the country. I mean, there, there's just countless of examples mm-hmm. now of that that system really breaking down and becoming absolutely yeah. violent. And and here's the thing about school choice, though, is it it also opens it up for the teachers as well. It's it's not just the parents and the students. It gives the teachers more choice. Yeah. If they're the a better teacher, have, they're. Yeah, oh, the yeah. teachers should have more choice there. They all feel like, well, a lot of them feel like they're locked into one career. They've got to stay with the government. They've got to stay because... And that's because they've been lied to, period. Yeah, teachers, uh, some of the best teachers I know have come from industry and have actually kind of gone back and forth from the public sector to the private sector and then maybe yeah. back for some reason. They find, they, they find that they're actually better teachers because they have that open mind, I well, guess, and- right? They see the opportunities. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, the thing about it with the teachers is that really better teachers should make more. They should be sought after. They, yeah. they shouldn't, their salaries shouldn't be capped by, yeah, by just tenure. whatever the union says. Yeah. You know, um, I, I have an issue with that. Um, there are wonderful teachers and they are they they deal with such hardship with teaching some of these kids. I'm I'm amazed that they can get done with what they can get done. I think that that mm-hmm. is a huge testament to their strength and their will. However, I believe a vast majority of this hardship is due to state monopoly. And if we had the choice, the teachers can stay with the union. They can stay with the public schools. They can do that if they want, but they don't have to if they don't want to is the point. It's it's about allowing that choice for them to pursue other uh, avenues for their careers if that's what they choose to do. And you're saying opening that up, giving the parents more choice, essentially gives the teachers more choice because it would it would really open up their opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. In that yep. regard, it creates huh. need. It creates need. I like Necessi- the I, I like the dialogue, for yeah, sure. Thank you. Because it's uh, it's thought provoking, right? Yeah. Because you've got a system that is broken in some ways that are pretty systemic, and we really need to be talking about solutions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is good. And and that that's the thing. I I remember I actually had a couple of really wonderful teachers and just the idea of them being so held down really does 
sadden me. I, I would like to be able to see a teacher be able to say, well, I got a job offer um, doing homeschool for this organization yeah, that popped this, up out of nowhere. for this small pod. Yeah, mm-hmm. from this small pod school. And, it, you know, it's 120K a year. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if, if or you're going to... Or it's even cheaper. I mean, we, we can organize systems based around really cheap um, education. Uh, there's places all over the world that do it. And oh, because, for sure. Yeah, and because we are we are such a, a, a smart, uh, incredibly capable country, I believe that we could replicate that here. We just need the state to back off. And th- this goes all, all across, uh, e- even across the medical field as well. The state needs to back off and let you guys do your job. They don't know what's best. Doctors know what's best for the medical industry. Sure. Nurses know. Politicians don't know. Yeah, th- thank you for that. I'm gonna that I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm gonna replay that clip over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, okay. So, is there anything else we we haven't talked about that we want to we want to touch on? I mean, I'm I'm all open for talking about anything. I I love doing this, so it's the whole reason I have a podcast. <laughs> So what's your favorite what's your favorite podcast you've done on the Rise to Liberty podcast? Oh man. I mean, every single time I do a new episode, I always yeah. get off and I tell my wife, "Man, that was the best interview I've done nice. ever." You know, every single time. Um there there's definitely a few that stick out in my mind. I had uh recently Ryan Dawson on from ANC Report. Mhm. Who is a very banned person. He gets banned off the internet. Um, he's he's so banned, he cannot even have a bank account because of a lot of what he speaks about. Um, I'll let anyone who is curious go listen to the interview. You can find it pretty much anywhere you can find my podcast or uh, you can go search him out. Um, there was also Michael Oliver who came on to talk about, uh, anarcho-capitalism and, uh, the bullion exchange markets and, uh, kind of how he does price analysis and chart chart analysis, uh, within the bullion exchange and other commodities within the stock market and across the whole range of everything. Um, I had a friend of mine, uh, Adam Fitzgerald on, we talked about 9-11 that's always a fascinating topic to me. Uh, he's definitely an expert when it comes to that topic. Uh, Reed Coverdale, uh, also a great friend of mine, uh, trucker, and very, very solid person, a very, very good person. And uh, we just sat and talked about how to discern um, lies in the media and kind of some of the tips and tricks that we've learned about spotting something that's not truthful in what we're being told. Um, I don't know. I I don't have a bad one is what I'll say. uh, Do you use the podcast to learn? That's I I use my, I use my podcast to learn. I'll reach out to people. I want to learn something about, you know, finance in the cannabis industry. I've talked to some people in finance in the, in the cannabis space and, because I was just so fascinated, like, why can't we use a credit card in the dispensary, you know, and 
I, I want to know about it. So I'll, I'll reach out to somebody. Uh, I, I've interviewed people on sports and cannabis. Is it a sports enhancing drug? Right. Um, and we got, we got into that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you were a long distance runner, bet your ass it's a sports enhancing drug. It makes you thirsty, hungry, and not tell time. Well, those are, those are (laughs) ideal things for long distance runners, you know? Um, but, but for other athletes, it'd be terrible. Yeah. And I, I love to learn and like this one, you know, talking to you, um, about local, I'm very, and I'm into the local politics scene too, is like, what's happening? What are people, what are, what's the platforms people are running on? What are people interested in? How does that change my business? How does it change people's health? You know, for you, you, you want to move towards letting me have a little more say in what I do for a living, right? As a medical professional, that's awesome. Less grocery tax. I don't think the grocery tax has been around forever. I remember, I feel like it, it's, it's, it's our lifetime. It, yeah. they started it in our lifetime and there was this big debate on whether we needed to tax food. Yeah. And, and then they started it, right? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I used to work for the DABS now or the DABC then, um, the department of alcoholic, alcoholic beverage sales or whatever it's called now. Uh-huh. Um, and, on our busiest day, we pulled in in one store almost a million dollars in taxes in one store. And there's 28, 30, somewhere around there now across the mm-hmm. entire state. And it was one of the smaller stores. There's a couple of stores that pulled in multiple millions of dollars in one day. I have a very hard time believing that the state needs the extra income from groceries, grocery tax. Yeah. That's only hurting Utahns. Yeah. And it's hurting uh, tourism as well. So mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Well, Jacob, I want to keep hearing about how you're, how you're doing and how the libertarian uh, platform's doing in Weber County. I think it's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, if where where we align, happy to help. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially in the especially in the cannabis space because there's there's some restrictions. Man, if you get elected, I'm coming to you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, most definitely. I'm gonna try to put some stuff on your docket. Well, and there's, you know, I have some pretty strong opinions uh, about everything, apparently. <laughs> but you know, I I definitely feel you know there. There's uh, an umbrella term I kind of like to use, and it, it, it's a bit of medical tyranny in this uh, in this country. Um, and it, a lot of it comes down to food, uh, how that's processed and everything. Um, so this is kind of a crossover between uh, medicine and farming as well. Mm-hmm. Farming has a really close place in my heart. I was a farmer, uh, grew up on a ranch. I would still be doing it if... Uh, the state and the church didn't squeeze us out. So, uh, not to say anything bad about anyone's religion. I'm not saying anything like that. Just getting that out of the way. But the business side of it squeezed us out. That is the reality. And um, so, I believe, once again, doctors themselves, they they know better than any politician's going to. Um, there, there's one interesting thing about the tattooing industry. 
that I like to compare all other industries to. There is very little regulation within the tattooing industry. Um, and by regulation, I mean from government or uh, some sort of corporation or anything. It's industry regulated. It is some of the highest regulations I have seen out of any industry ever. And I have a, I have a very good feeling that, especially the medical industry, doctors could get together and figure out the standards at which everyone should be practicing much better than somebody sitting in Washington or at a state capitol building. Not to say that government shouldn't ever be involved in anything at all. Um, I mean, I might say that personally, but that's not what I would advocate for uh, legislatively. My personal opinions are different than my legislative opinions. Um, however, you guys know way better than any politician or any person running for office. And uh, sure. I think you guys should be able to make those choices. Well, I, I agree with you. And, uh, and I wish you all the best in stirring up the conversation, getting people to think about things in a different way. Um, uh, yeah, November 8th and I'll, I'll keep reminding people as we come up, uh, to November 8th, because this is, this is a group of people, you know, with the cannabis space, these are activists. Uh, yes. You know, we're, we're the activists and And hopefully we we can motivate people to get out there and share your activism in the best way you possibly can in this country, which is to put your pen to the ballot. Exactly. And, you know, it's really interesting. We, we've got parties all over the state. So for the Libertarian Party, Salt Lake, Davis, um, Iron County, uh, and we, we're, we keep growing. Utah County is, is uh, probably our largest party. We are growing. Uh, we are willing to work with other people that aren't our party as well. Um, single issue coalitions, open to that. Uh, we're opening, open to working with anybody as long as we have the same goal in mind. And honestly, uh, I would just say to anyone who's curious or even if you're not super curious and changing parties or if you have no party or whatever, just come and hang out. We always have fun stuff going on. I just, uh, set kind of a sad note. I, I had a, a bunch of baseball tickets for a Raptors, uh, baseball game, free tickets, all anyone had to do was show up and just on behalf of the Weber County Libertarian Party, only two people showed up. So we got to get more people out. Yeah. I mean, it was just a baseball game, you know, so we do fun stuff like that, though. So, you know, uh, UtahLibertarian.org is where you can pretty much find everything. Okay, is that the best way to get a hold of you or to connect with you? Okay, no. How do we connect? How do listeners connect with you? Um, one of the easiest ways would be, I mean, you can find me and my podcast everywhere. Um, if you can think of a place, it, I probably have a, uh, an account there, rise to Liberty or rise to Liberty podcast. Um, you can go to rise to Liberty.com rise to Liberty.com slash links. And that will bring up everywhere on the internet that I am, that I am active. Um, otherwise, you can send me an email at Jacob 
J-A-C-O-B period Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N at libertarianutah.org. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Jacob. I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who not subscribed to the podcast here, Utah in the Weeds, um, I, you know, every Friday morning at 420, we release uh, just useful nuggets of Utah information, you know, patient stories and, and uh, people like Jacob who are involved in the fight to get you better access to to really whatever medicine you want to take. All right, everybody, stay safe out there.